0: Music
1: Everybody, this is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on RazRadio Live.com. Heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they
2: went on strike, it would be a month
3: before anybody fucking knew about
1: it. We ask that you please visit teespring.com. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash L R W S and buy one of our t-shirts. Ah! It's only $20. $20? $20. I wanted a
4: peanut.
1: And best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act right now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com, T-E-E, spring.com, forward slash L-R-W-S. RazRadioLive.com, the simple power of truth.
2: Yo, they keep talking about a global solution. Why don't they go back to basics? Gold, silver, commodities, real economy. For a global awakening is happening, the enemy is napping in their palaces, we breaking up the fallacies, man please, they tell us that the government must do it all, civil liberties and justice nailed to a cross. But we're not buying it, even though they're trying this. Global governance, I mean global government, same thing. Welcome to the world of double speech. The mainstream media keep the masses asleep. But there's a remnant like my man Ron Paul. In the U.S. alone, one million or more. And let's not talk about all over the world. Too many to count. Too many you found the truth about what's going on around them. How men conspire to and drown them. In the sea of pain and suffering. But it's not a Enough of them if some of us got up and fought to win. Wicked ones will fail, they fail hard, they don't think no kids in charge. We'll stand tall, we'll never fall, and we can't stop till we scream for all Here to kick down a door when it's too late. How much suffering must be indoor? New fate is what we need. Erase these fucking deeds. It needs to be done for our kids to breathe. Cause we up against those that will kill our seeds. Call it eugenics, I call it murder. But if you turn on CNN, it's unheard of. Welcome to the matrix. It's the red pill. Take it. Don't choose to live your life faking it. After all, America the great has been hit with blows. From global exposed with big chips from a with money they print from thin air A central bank like the Fed, we've been there And it's been fed and fought, with blood was bought What little freedom was required, but we back in the fire Too many frogs in the pot, no it getting hot Wicked ones will fail, and fail hard they don't think the people's in charge Films Foods, Get your weapons Learn how to live off the land Cause it's about to go down
5: I guess you all know what that sound is. That must mean that it's time for the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. As I have a stutter in my computer system. It's always wonderful when that happens at the very beginning of the show. But that's how it works sometimes. That's just how it goes down. Sometimes things just don't want to cooperate the way you expect them to, right? (laughs) Well, I hope you guys all had a great great week. I know I had a, a good one. Uh, you know, worked, spent time with the family, had a nice weekend, washed the car, did some housework, you know, the normal life stuff that we all do. I do that too. Yes, I do. I don't just do this crazy, uh, talking on the radio thing. This, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't call it talking on the radio because that might offend people who do terrestrial radio shows. So maybe I shouldn't say talking on the radio, but coming to you guys via the interwebs. It's always great to talk to you guys, uh, share information present my ideas and thoughts. And that's what we do here on Raz Radio Live. Doesn't necessarily have to be conspiracy based. Of course, if you're listening to me, it's going to be conspiracy based. But, hey, that's all good, right? That's what you expect from me. But we do have some great shows, uh, LRWS, Lawrence uh, Rawson Waterhead Show. Uh, he just put the t-shirts together for his show. Make sure you check them out at teespring.com. Uh, I look forward to getting mine. I'm going to be ordering mine later today or tomorrow. Uh, it's nice to see people step up and do things for the greater good of everybody around. So good job, Lawrence. I like your commercial. Keep up the good work. Today uh, at 5.30-ish, I'm going to have Sean Siegel joining me. Uh, I'm in a a vaccine education group on Facebook. Uh, It's one of the places I get a lot of my information. And uh, Sean happens to be in that group. And I reached out the other day to that group and said, hey, listen, I want some people with some ideas and education on vaccines to come come join me, talk on my radio show with me, on my Internet radio show with me. And uh, he he jumped up and wanted to. So as I got to learn some stuff about him, it turns out, guess what? He's another show host, another Internet radio station show host. Uh, his show is called The Vaccine Myth, An Issue of Truth. Uh, it's on Logos Radio. And uh, we'll learn more about him in uh, 15 minutes or so. I'm excited to talk to him, get some uh, ideas from other people uh, about how, how they handle vaccinations, how they research and get their information and what they believe in. And that's all we're here for. We give you our opinion. We tell you what we believe in. We give you the, the route to go to find information and learn for yourself and then decide for yourself. That's what it's all about. So I am very much looking forward to to talking to him. You know, a lot of times we talk about using social media. We all use it. uh, Shit, I use it a lot. But do you really know how many of your Facebook friends are undercover agents? Do you ever think that maybe there's undercover feds on Facebook doing things? Maybe uh, spying on you, checking you out. I mean, don't forget, we talked about it last week. Uh, the TSA is trying to hire, hire private contractors to, to help with their uh, pre-screening program that they have. And one of the things is to evaluate what's on people's Facebooks
6: the reason to be careful of what you share on Facebook. The feds could be checking you out. According to a Justice Department document, the FBI and other law enforcement agencies are using Facebook, Twitter, and the like in their investigations. And in some cases, agents are using false identities to communicate online with suspects or browse their personal information. A civil liberties group which obtained the document is suing the federal government to try to force it to disclose its exact policies for social networking
5: God forbid we know what they're doing. God forbid we know what's going on. You know, we think that they're there to protect us, that they're there to ensure everything is just right, to ensure that we are safe and that nothing will go wrong. But sometimes they might be out there looking for other things. They might be out there spying on you. Is that possible? Would the federal government spy on you? What would be their reasoning to spy on you? I don't know. I hope that's better. I got some reports. I was a little uh, hot there. You know, it's weird. You don't. You come out of doing this on a Saturday night, and you all of a sudden, for some reason, at the beginning of the show, I'm overmodulated every time. I don't get it. I've been doing this for three years almost. Go figure. So yeah, just keep your. Uh, you know. I don't really care what I post on social media. I post what I want to post. I post what I believe. I post what I want to inform people of. That's what I post on social media. That's why I go to social media. And, and, you know, am I the number one target of the government? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. But are they watching me? They very well could be. Are they watching you? They very well could be. Does that bother you to think that they might be watching you? It doesn't bother me. I hope they're listening right now. I hope they hear everything i got to say. Because why be afraid of the people that are supposed to be there to protect you? Don't fear them. Dress them. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Right? That's how we do it. Uh so many different things have gone on um we're gonna do a little i guess we'll do a little cop bashing here in the beginning. I got a lot of stuff for after the vaccine gentleman leaves that we'll get into some things that maybe I talked about you know maybe we had a uh, info assassin on a few months ago, and we discussed some things that is now obviously mainstream. Imagine that something we talked about being true. Oh, I couldn't imagine that happening. Not for a million years could I imagine that we were right on something. It happens, though. It happens far too often. We just don't, you know, it's not It's promoted when we're right on something. So, Montego County Sheriff's deputy killed by Nocana police officer. You know, one thing we, we really focus on and talk about a lot, especially with me, is, is the police state we live in and how things are continuously getting worse and worse and worse. And of course, there's always the positive story. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a story I put out of, I forget where it was. Officer shows up at a church parking lot. Apparently, this guy's got a gun, has been threatening people. Cop tries to pat him down. The guy runs, turns around, drops something bends over, picks it up, turns towards the officer, officer fires. In my opinion, that was a clean shoot. I watched the video multiple times. Good shoot. You know what, there are times, and I know there's people out there that will disagree with me, but there are times that a government agent, a police officer, has to do what it takes
1: to protect himself.
5: And I'll never deny that. I absolutely, uh, feel that, that there's a time I would pull my gun to protect myself. So of course there's a time that somebody in that position may have to pull their gun to protect themselves. So you can't, you know, it's not always about police hate. It's not always about they do everything wrong. And, you know, I get people that send me the, the propaganda stories or, Sometimes are good stories. Got buys some baby food for a guy that was caught shoplifting baby food. Good story. He used his discretion, he used his humanity, and he did the right thing. And that's what we need to see more often. That's the kind of things that will that will bring down some of this hate. We want them on our side. Uh, if you were listening earlier, Jack Blood had, uh, Rayford. I forget his last name. He was on Kevin Harris' show a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's from the, uh, law enforcement against, uh, prohibition. Another great guy. I know a lot. I, I sat in my pizza shop, Tony's here, that I go to all the time. Little Tony's Pizza. Last night, and talked with a cop. For a good half hour. He's a, he's a local cop. He's actually not even a really a local cop to me because I live in Charlotte County. Uh, he works for Boca Grande, which is where the Bushes have their vacation homes. Uh, and he's actually a Lee County cop because the only way to get to this island is either by boat or coming through Charlotte County. But it's owned by Lee County, which is where Fort Myers is. Anyway, we sat and we talk. You know, we discuss these things. Believe it or not, I actually sit and talk with law enforcement officers about these subjects. So I'm not afraid to sit down with one of them and talk, to hash it out. Has uh, my mind been changed overall? No. Has my mind been changed on certain circumstances? Yes. So back to the story at hand. (sighs) A Montego County Sheriff's deputy was shot and killed by a no No police officer who was responding to a disturbance call early Monday morning. These guys can't even not kill them each other. And this is a very shady story. I'm gonna play the audio on it first here and then we'll we'll get into some more of, of what this story is.
6: The Monte County Sheriff and Nakona police chief are saying very little tonight after a Nakona officer shot and killed a Montague sheriff's deputy. It happened early this morning during a police call to the home of forty one year old deputy Larry Brian Hostetter. Foster Melissa Cutler is at the Nakona Police Department. Melissa. Well, Clarissa, the police chief says that his officer is doing as well as can be expected, at least under the circumstances. He is on administrative leave until this investigation is completed. Sheriff's deputies from neighboring Wichita County blocked off streets well into the afternoon in the small town of Nakona, guarding the home of 41-year-old Larry Hostetter, as Texas Rangers conduct an investigation. Hostetter was a Monte County Sheriff's Deputy and Training Officer, shot by a Nakona police officer Sunday night. The gunshot that I heard was one single gunshot. Hostetter was off-duty at the time. The call came in as a domestic disturbance to the deputy's home. Police declined to elaborate on the nature of the call or who made it. Hostetter was taken to the Nakona Hospital, where he was pronounced dead.
7: Well, it's, it's never any fun to go through any kind of incident at all like this, but we do have a strong community here in Nakona, lots and lots of support.
6: Hostetter had been in law enforcement since 2000, first with the Nakona Police Department before becoming a sheriff's deputy in January of 2013. Hitting law enforcement especially hard. This not only a devastating case of one officer shooting another, but an officer shooting a former colleague from his own department. Police did not disclose how well the two knew each other, if at all. But it's been hard on the department, even on an experienced sheriff. It's difficult.
8: In a small department, your family, Um, we just need everybody to support us and, and be there for us
6: neighbors feel his pain it's sad the more you think about it the more you, you put yourself in in the situation and it's a, it's a tragedy. and Clarice we hear that the sheriff's deputy had three children no ages were given but they were home at the time of the shooting back to you
5: so here we have a law enforcement officer responding to a domestic disturbance and ends up shooting and killing another law enforcement officer. Think about that. Now, think about how hush hush they are on this. If this was a civilian that was shot and killed, they'd, you know, release all the facts of who was bad and who was doing what and why the guy got shot and he approached and the cop feared for his life and this and that. That's what we would hear. If this wasn't a police officer. But because it's one of their own, the community's shocked and, and, upset about the loss of an officer and what about the what about the the individuals what about the lady that was shot and killed oh i'm sorry accidentally by a police officer because their their 5 month old puppy uh was jumping up on him and he went to shoot the puppy and mistakenly shot the wife that he was there on a domestic call for now it turns out the lady just got out of jail earlier that morning for domestic does that mean she deserves to die but the funny thing about this story is wait there's more yes there is more to this story as we all know um uh, you know people like me and and people in cop block and different organizations uh, like to record the police like to catch them in the act of maybe doing good maybe doing bad and that's a you know, it's a civil right uh you know if a crime scene is in a house uh, how far should the road be shut down? Now How how far should we keep everybody away? Well, it seems that Fox News uh is no better than a cop line. Hillside,
9: they're be a lot of stuff to
1: okay
10: So we can't be on their property if we get that permission. No, you got to pass the yield sign. Okay, I'm gonna do a live chat right now. So 30 seconds, uh, we can no, move. No,
2: you gotta go now.
8: Everybody go. What, what, what's the yield sign? Right there
2: at the yield sign. That's where. Oh, the
8: yield sign. Okay. Yes, please. All right.
2: Y'all
10: need
0: to go past the, I'm gonna ruin your shot. I'm gonna ruin your shot. Okay. Yeah,
10: please. and this is breaking news. This is where we believe the shooting happened. We're go being, uh, moved away by son. the, uh, sheriff's department here. Uh, they don't yes. want us uh, anywhere near us. We're live right now. Go we can, uh, police, no, don't uh
0: touch me. Uh, yes,
5: we're, we're trying to move. on private son. property now. here, but now I'd like to, to point out that they are on a public street. Uh, the cameraman appears to be on a public sidewalk. They are well beyond. The yellow, uh, the yellow tape of the police line. Uh, they're not in the middle of the police cars. They're well, well, well beyond all that. But, uh, we're in the, uh, 100 block, 200 matter. block of Jordan. Oh, right now, Let's investigators,
10: uh, have Let's the home go. cordoned Everybody off while go. they gather Please evidence. Go. They're processing the scene. We Please. have confirmed that a Monte Please. County Sheriff's deputy go. was shot and killed overnight. Right now, officials are not saying how. We don't know the circumstances that led to the shooting. Now, the Texas Ranger investigating the deputy has not been identified. No word on a suspect. The Monte County Sheriff's Department will be holding a news conference at 9 o'clock this morning over at City Hall to give us more information. And uh, we're going to move over there and get that information in just a little bit. Back to you guys
5: great job by that reporter for not giving in to the law enforcement officers orders to go somewhere he doesn't really need to go to that's the scary thing why 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 do you have to go all this distance oh you don't want to you you don't want the reporting done on the murder of one of your officers by another officer (sighs) things that make you go hmm, right guys it really is it makes you think All right, when I come back, I should have Sean Siegel on the line, and uh, I will talk to you guys in a couple minutes. I hope you enjoy your break.
1: It's actually the, the very definition of terrorism. They're trying to kill people for a political agenda.
11: It's just, you know, a nicety. So,
1: uh, yeah, just keep in mind,
5: guys, that the news agencies are not there to tell you the truth. They're there to tell you what they're told to tell you.
10: You're still stuck to the American dollar, and you're still stuck to American laws. So-
5: I still want to have the freedom to go where I want to go if I need to go. Uh, I think that's the most important thing in my mind, at least. <laughs> and this goes along. If, if
1: this is going to <laughs> be another cum trail. <laughs> I've,
5: I've got lesbians and he's got cum trail.
1: <laughs> okay, why don't
12: you just, just move love
9: along?
5: Animals get in the way when you're doing a radio what
9: show. What I think is to they're going to have to redirect the American's mindset. <laughs>
12: would have been even more fun. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun.
5: <laughs> I want you all to keep your eyes open and your ears open on what's going on. It's the first 52. RazRadioLive.com It's <laughs> the Ham Trail Skies. It's the government lies. It's the poison in the water. than the media lies. It's the Ham Trail
0: Skies. It's the government lies. It's the poison in the water.
3: The drugs or the chemicals—they gotcha. This tyranny is medical. Who shot you? Military generals as your doctor. doctors. Pills come bullets, then they poison your water. A pharmaceutical army built to slaughter. Torment and mass come for your wife and your daughter. Whoa. Now. They come for the guns, and God and Demon disguise his priest and nuns. Time to run with no place to go except Honduras, with the man called Four Told Jones stole in bones and gave the skies with by drones. Check the infrared radar for UFOs, silver and gold. Behold, we the weather's controlled by genetically modified hybrid drones. Building bunkers with subjects under mind control, injected and observed in the combat zone. Now, come on, it's the chemtrails, guys, it's the dopamine it's the
0: poison in the water than the.
3: Where's your studio? Because like I'm in a studio now. It has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn
13: it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of liberty is is ugly. It's not. It's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. We're so, So, yeah, the chosen ones. I know this. One, I think yeah. the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. <laughs> <laughs> and smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where are you you sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you
1: crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's What the fuck, son? I'm from mile. Hey, you better watch your mouth now talking about an
7: Iowa like that. I'm slapping salty like.
13: That's the Joe Show, Thursday, 6 to 9, on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com.
8: myself today to see if I still feel
2: To the voting machines Now they censor this on YouTube Labeled it extreme Bernanke and his lackeys Printed pony green Hit us with inflation Annihilate the nation No investigation Of the Bush administration Obama
8: runs on change Brzezinski's in his ear The only thing that changes Is the puppet in the year They open up the borders Truth is on our shoulders Focus on the pain This is the new world Order, 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 order I hurt myself today To see I focus on the pain the only thing I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only
5: Guys, welcome back to the First 52 on RazRadioLive.com. live.com. <sighs> all the fun we have as we do this, all the information we share. Remember, you are the solution to the problems we see. Only you have the ability to stand up and do something about it. Only you. That's what we do. All us crazy conspiracy guys, that's what we're doing out here. We're just trying to help you. We're just trying to protect you we're trying to give you information so you have something to go with to 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 educate yourself to to protect yourself you know as you all know for the past few weeks uh vaccines have been on the forefront of everybody's tongue everybody's talking about it everybody's talking about how the anti-vax community is a bunch of crazy loons that's causing all these diseases now i've been ranting about how it's a bunch of bs and you know that's not how it is So I've decided to reach out to some people and, uh, you know, bring them on to discuss why they brought, why they got into the anti-vaccine stance. Now listen, I want to make sure I clarify something here. I may be anti-vaccine, but I'm not anti-science. I understand there is a science to the vaccination process, but one of my issues with it is that you're not introducing the the virus to the body in a natural form you're, you're not exposing the body to something that the body can then accept you get sick because you accept it and your body builds its immunity so vaccination doesn't do it in a natural way and that's part of my problem with it but i'm sure uh sean's going to have a lot to talk about as far as as what he believes and how he got into this and 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 why he stands up for this Uh, Sean Siegel is the host of the Vaccine Myth, an issue of trust on Logos Radio Network. Uh, him and I were talking in the, in the break there, and this is a terrestrial-based show that goes to the internet also. So I'm, I'm curious to see. Sean, first of all, welcome to the First 52. Thanks for joining me.
4: Oh, thank you, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here.
5: It's gonna get a little confusing with two Sean's, I guess.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, believe it or not, I've interviewed about seven or eight times. And two times already, I've interviewed to someone named Sean, so it, it's, it's almost hilarious.
5: Well, it's a good name. You know, it is probably one of the best names out there, let's be honest, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, um, we were talking during the break, uh, you, you've always been into, well, I don't want to say you've always been into, but, uh, you followed conspiracies for a long time, correct? Oh, yeah, uh,
4: for quite a while.
5: For quite a while. Uh, and from what I gather, in 2009 is when you kind of went, there's something here. You know, I've got I've got grandchildren. I got to concern myself with here. So what what made you start uh looking into what's going on with these vaccines?
4: Well, uh, in 2009 indeed, that's if you remember back when that was when the swine flu was supposed to be uh killing thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Of course it, it was all a ruse. It, it never did happen. Um, but at the same time, they were talking, and the World Health Organization was talking about uh, creating a vaccine. And for the first time in my life, I heard disparaging words about a vaccine. Um, I simply had never heard that before, as is the case with millions and millions of other people still in this nation. Um, so, indeed, having three grandkids at the time, I asked a few questions on a couple of blog sites and someone suggested I read a book called Vaccine A. And it turns out Vaccine A is the story of, uh, uh the hero, of the story, or the heroine, if you will, is an immunologist living in Arkansas, uh, who, uh, was the wife of a doctor and this, the doctor was seeing patients who had Gulf War illness. And, uh, being an immunologist, she started noticing, she couldn't help but notice that all the diseases and disorders, uh, which plagued these, these folks suffering from Gulf War disease or Gulf War illness were autoimmune in nature. Hmm. And so that, that, you know, piqued her interest. But when she really got interested is when he started getting patients who had Gulf War illness who had never left the United States. They had never deployed to the Gulf. So, she started looking into it, and ultimately got some colleagues, uh, I think it was in the microbiology department at Tulane University, uh, she decided, with, through her research, that the squalene that had been put in the anthrax vaccine mm-hmm. given to Gulf War support troops had done the damage.
5: I, I could tell, I could totally believe that, Sean. Listen, I was, uh, I was military. I did the army. I did the uh, National Guard's reserves for six years. I went through basic training, and I remember going into the reception station. Now, I never got the anthrax shot, thank God. Uh, but I remember going to the reception, and in reception, that's where you get your uniforms, get all your medical done, your x-rays, to this, to that, and, of course, your vaccines. And they keep you in reception for at least a week, maybe two weeks, because on day two, you get your vaccination, and everybody's sick for a couple days. Right. Every time. It's amazing.
4: <laughs> well, did. Unfortunately, uh, uh, thousands of the people who got the anthrax vaccine were sick for several years, or basically a lifetime. Permanently. Many of them ultimately, literally, committed suicide. Um, and and the book was a revelation for me. It was a revelation in the harm that vaccines can do, the nature of that harm, which which is bizarre. And and the reason it's bizarre is. Very specifically because of what you so well said just a little while ago. And that is because the, the administration, the route of introduction of the viruses and bacteria, uh, is so unnatural. And when you do something that unnatural, you just have to expect unnatural consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when you add to, to the dilemma, when you exacerbate the situation by including a bizarre list of known toxins and neurotoxins, then you know, uh, uh, no holds barred, and that's what we see. That's why we have epidemics of ADD, ADHD, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, juvenile diabetes, uh, asthma. We have kids now who are getting we have we have toddlers, we have babies and toddlers who are now getting shingles. Sean, they never used to.
5: No, that's so, a disease you usually get after you get chickenpox, and then you, you know, in your later days, uh, you know, 50, 60, 70s, sixty, seventies, you'll develop shingles because you had ch- chickenpox prior.
4: Exactly, you you had to have the chickenpox, be at least exposed to the virus first, and harbor it, if you will, uh, retain it, and then later on through the years, uh, and that's how it's actually in either Mayo Clinic or uh, CDC. Uh, one of those reputable sites <laughs> describes it very specifically as something that reemerges but but becomes a sensory issue instead of just a regular viral disease type issue later years later in life well until 1995 that was the story nobody under 35 ever reported shingles and as you said it was more like uh, into adulthood later adulthood and into uh, elderly folks in 1990 in 1995 Six and eight and ten month old kids started getting shingles because that's when the chickenpox vaccine, which is a live virus, was uh, uh, introduced. So uh, uh,
5: can't, my question is Sean, we, we see all these different things uh, that that's a great example right there that that we're seeing uh, cases of something appear at an age that has never appeared at. Uh, we see. Uh, These other diseases that they tell us aren't uh, related to vaccinations increasing, uh, you know, astronomically as we see the vaccine rate increase. Uh, So this is it's common sense to look at and go, wait a second, this is causing this. Uh, You're an older gentleman uh, based on our talk earlier. I got to guess you're about, what, 72 or so.
4: Uh yeah. Uh, no, you put a couple of extra years on me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
5: sorry about that. I didn't mean to. Uh no, that's all right. But you know, it it's funny to to uh, to hear somebody your age, uh you were a young child before vaccines were really used that often. Did you ever have the measles?
4: Um I don't remember. My I, I do remember my mother told me that of the three we're talking measles, mumps and rubella. Um, I'm sorry, measles, mumps, and chicken pox. I did have the chicken pox. So I don't know that I had measles or not.
5: And you were never Uh, vaccinated for them as a child?
4: Oh, no. The vaccines didn't exist when I was a child.
5: Right, right. So it wasn't really that big of a deal back then, was it?
4: It was not that big a deal. In fact, it it was so not big a deal that parents would often send their kids out if they knew that a neighbor or someone down the street in another neighborhood uh, had a child that had measles, send a kid out to be exposed to get the disease out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew that, the, that there would be no problem recovering from it, and they, uh, they also knew that it would it would leave behind a lifetime of robust natural immunity.
5: Yep, yep. And that's what my parents used to do, and, and, and when I was a kid, I'm, I'm 40. And when I was a kid, we'd have chicken pock parties. And when the neighborhood kid got a chicken pock, everybody went over there and hung out at the house for the day. It was just how you protected your child.
4: Right. I'll tell you, it, if, uh, if if your listeners want to check this out, it's very easy to do. There's Someone put together uh, a, a string of excerpts from TV shows and movies back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, <laughs> and it it's on YouTube, and it's called Measles, back in the day before the marketing of the vaccine, or pretty close to that, you, you'll, you'll find it. Measles, back in the day, will get it for you. And it's, uh, it's excerpts from uh, the Donna Reed show, from the Brady Bunch, and there's one funny little excerpt from the Flintstones. But in every one of these, measles is handled as though it's absolutely not a problem. It's simply, uh, in fact, in the Donna Reed show, the, one of the, the fellas complains because his, 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 he's the agent of a singer, uh, who has a scheduled performance which he can no longer carry out because he's got measles. But they have to let the fans know something and he's a little bit discouraged because it's only measles that he can tell his fans, uh, is, is the reason for the guy not showing up. It wasn't serious enough for him to even let out the news i mean measles is so so unlike the way it's characterized by the cdc which on its website says it's the deadliest of the fever rash diseases
5: (laughs) it's amazing when they say that kind you know it's funny uh september october august we're watching the the ebola scare and of course that died out and, uh, was it mid January, late January? They, they sent a, the vaccine, uh, over to, uh, the, to where the hell was it in Africa there? Uh, they sent the vaccine out and I, I said in August, October that we would see a increase in the propaganda on Ebola coming up. I, and I think this is the first step to, to that increase in propaganda because they always have to start, start with something that really scares people. That is a commonplace thing, uh, which is the measles. Uh, Whether people want to believe it or not, people still, it hasn't been eradicated from the U.S. ever. They say it's been eradicated in 2000. Well, guess what? We still have cases of measles after 2000. So how could something be eradicated if we're still getting cases? So is this the big scare to, to push us into the, when the Ebola vaccine finally comes to get everybody into that?
4: Um, well, I don't know. Ebola seems to have died out. The, the, the focus seems to have shifted completely to the measles. And, and the reason is becoming painfully obvious. Um, they're actually now talking about two, two senators are talking about introducing a federal bill. This will be the first time uh, that, that addresses vaccination. They're talking about making it mandatory, no exemptions allowed, mm-hmm. No non-medical exemptions allowed. Mandatory for all the all the kids participating in. um, Oh, what's what's the program they got going on? It's a federal program for kids.
5: Oh, the Um, kid care type insurance program. um,
4: Yeah, one of the federal programs that educates kids. Um, I I should know it. I'm not sitting in front of my computer, but it's a big one. And and they are talking about now, and this is all on the back of the measles scare. All of this. making it for the first time, like I say, introduced into federal legislation, and uh, they've tried to pass it through in a rule, I think. But it, that's where all this is heading. Mm-hmm. There are at least a half a dozen states right now, including my own, Texas, where now bills are being introduced in the committee to further restrict the non-medical exemptions that already exist. Well, your, your state,
5: more- Texas, has already had a bunch of issues, uh, if we go back to '09. Uh, oh eight, oh nine, uh, twenty ten, with the Gardasil, and you had your your buddy Perry there, uh, you know, basically trying to make it mandatory and damaged a lot of young girls.
4: Um, it's it's killing kids. Gardasil's got by far the worst track record uh per vaccine than by far than any of the others. There, so far, there's about a hundred and eighty, maybe over two hundred now. Uh, deaths attributed to Gardasil, and uh, I must mention quickly that even the CDC will tell you on their website that, quote, only a small fraction of actual adverse vaccine reactions ever get reported. And uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association once published the results of a study that was irrelevant. It wasn't specifically vaccines, but it was relevant. Uh, and it said that only 1%, 1% of actual drug reactions ever got reported. And uh, believe me, from the, uh, the, the scores of interviews I've had and, and anecdotes, that's about the reality with vaccines as well. So if they say that there are 200 reported and we're talking about deaths from Gardasil now. Right. There are probably, who, who knows how many there actually are? Well, there, but, there could be many thousands out there.
5: That, that, and that's a big problem we have, uh, with this whole vaccine debate, uh, you know, us, us crazy anti-vax people, uh, is that uh, nothing's really reported in a proper way. Like, they, they won't connect, uh, a disease or a death Or, you know, remember SIDS. I I just read an article today about SIDS. It was in my local paper, how they're going to stop, um, using the term SIDS so often and they're going to try to really look at what's causing it. Well, a lot of people believe, I'm sure you're one of them as well as I am, that the SIDS crisis is really related to vaccines.
4: Uh, very much so. Uh, there, there's a woman, uh, she's wonderful, uh, she's elderly, but no, she, she's, she's still full of fire. Um, and she's, she's an Australian, she's Dr. Vera Scheibner. And three decades ago, she and her husband performed what they call the cot watch studies. Now in, in Australia, SIDS is called CotDev. Uh, so they perform these cot watch studies. Her husband devised a computerized device to test kids uh, and accurately measure the volume of air that was, that was flowing through them as they breathed. And because there were cot deaths starting to happen, people asked them to monitor their kids and they monitored them. This is important. They monitored them virtually from day of birth. And at that time in Australia, there were no vaccines given until the kids were two months old. I believe it was a DPT alone at that time. Now there are more, like everywhere else. But up to the point of two months, there were very few relatively minor incidents happening with the kids. Within 10 hours, within 10 hours of getting the vaccine, a whole bunch of these kids had a traumatic incident uh, where ninety-five up to 95% of loss of volume of air during breathing. I mean, the respiration was severely uh, traumatized. And you can see, obviously, that that's a potentially catastrophic situation. And what they would do is an alarm went off when that happened, and the parents would run in and wake the kids and grab them. We can only assume at this point that had they not done that, there was as, good, as likely a chance as not those kids would have died, would have passed away.
5: I've gone through that with a family member actually, and uh, I honestly i I believe they vaccinated. I can't say for sure because um, it's something that unfortunately certain people you can't discuss these things with because it becomes a, a major issue. And when you're in a family and you don't want to cause a turmoil, sometimes you have to just back up and go, "You're going to do what you're going to do." Uh, right? And she had to wear a monitor and. Uh, it was, it was a really rough six months. And, and fortunately enough, now she's two and a half years old, uh, very healthy, uh, doing well. Uh, but it was a scary period of time. I want to take you back to what you were saying, though. Um, how the vaccine hysteria could spark a total, total, totalitarian nightmare, uh, which is basically what you were addressing. Uh, WND put that article out earlier this week and I found it very good. I'm going to read one section of it. Uh, cuz it's a long article but i i want to read this because this is an argument i get with all the time this goes on anything this goes on on if you believe in chemtrails this goes on 911 this goes on anything that that, that the climate change uh if, if somebody wants to quote science to you i think this is a great um paragraph to read or or to recite and it's, science is never concluded mr obama and other ideologists may think the truth is finalized but the rea- reality is our understanding of disease and treatment are constantly being updated. Just like Newton's mechanical paradigm of the universe was su- supplanted by Einstein's physics, and physics today modified that view, medical truth is not the truth for long. In an attempt to quali- qualify change in medicine, years ago a cardiologist's journal discussed the half-life of truth. Cardiologists look back in their journals at 20 year old articles to see how much of what was believed then was still believed to be true. The answer, 50%. So in cardiology, at least, and in all the medical to greater or lesser degree, only half of what is believed now will be, still be true 20 years or so. So I right. think, I think that's prolific to think, you know, science is never concluded science is never finalized science is ever growing and there's always new things to learn and new things hidden from us
4: yeah yeah science, science is a journey i mean it, it's just a it, it's a collection of truth after truth it, it it's never static uh nor could it be uh and and it's um, it's dependent on power of observation intelligence and sincerity And where I would go is to a couple of other quotes that I have that are fascinating. One is from the the gentleman who was the editor-in-chief of the British Medical Journal. The other, she was the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, both of them internationally highly reputed medical journals. And both of them said the same thing, that after their two and three decades of experience, that they were sorry to have to say that they had lost all faith in the peer review research process because it, it was corrupted and it was, uh, it simply wasn't working.
5: You, Sean, that, that's very funny you said that because when you started talking, I wrote on my little notepad here, peer reviewed studies. Cause that is one of the biggest things that people throw in our face constantly. When this discussion yeah. comes up, oh, well, is that is that research peer-reviewed? Peer-reviewed is a bunch of crap. It's bought. It, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't show you anything. It's a group of people like-minded. They're going to go, yeah, you give me uh, $100,000, I'll say that works. And that's all it is.
4: Right. Well, unless it's done by people who are genuine. I mean, I, I hate to bring up a sincerity trial, but that, you know, isn't that the fact of life? That's what it comes down to. If, if you have people who are sincere in their effort and and of course are intelligent and and can observe correctly and can uh communicate correctly and and write down the results then yeah you would expect to get pretty good results from peer reviewed literature The problem is that indeed it has been corrupted um i I'll, I'll go to uh, i've got an article uh, i would ask folks to to visit my facebook page too it's uh um, it's Sean Siegel, S-H-A-W-N, S-I-E-G-E-L. And I have a collection of over 30 uh, notes, and each one of them is like a little essay mm-hmm. and uh, has a lot of information about a specific vaccine issue. And, and there's there's one called The Nature of the Beast, and it talks about the beast, which in this case is the CDC and their nature. Because we were discussing. Oh,
5: they're study. there to protect us, Sean. Stop. You know they're there to to protect us and make sure we're okay. Just like the FDA, just like the FCC, just like the, the Department of uh, whatever the hell else they want to make up. Right? They're there to protect us. Come on.
4: <laughs> I, I'm being
5: sarcastic, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I was
4: going to ask you if you could write that down. If I wasn't be a stand up comedian, that'd be my first joke. <laughs> you know... No, these, these people, uh, they should be pilloried. I mean, for what they're doing, you know, the old tar and feather. Right. Uh, it used to, it used to work. I'm sure it still will. Um no, you know, let's get right down to what actually the, the second little event that brought me in earnest into researching vaccines back in 2009 again. At the same time I was reading the book I mentioned, Vaccine A, uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny uh, came to Austin, Texas. Um, she she and another woman in town, they actually debated the director of the Dallas County uh, Public Health Department, which was kind of an interesting uh, evening as well. But the following morning, she gave a private seminar that I attended, and there were 10 of us up there, maybe 12. And in the seminar, she said the CDC in 1955, right after the polio vaccine came out, radically changed the definition of the disease. And I said, excuse me, but that stinks, because it doesn't take anything more than common sense to realize that if you're going to go through 10, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 10 years, through a, a decade or two or three of subsequent assessment of how effective the polio vaccine is at preventing polio, the last thing in the world you'd want to do is change the definition of polio as soon as you bring the vaccine out. Right. Right they not only changed it, they, in essence, eliminated it. The, the moves they made in 1955 over a decade or two uh, had the effect of eliminating the diagnosis of polio. And I put numbers to it. I went back and looked at the reporting incidence of polio in the 15 years preceding the introduction of the SOC vaccine. And based on that, I can tell you that in the last 60 years, that there have been about a million cases of polio, or what would have been diagnosed as polio in 1954, given different labels. They are now called Guillain-Barre, Bell's Palsy, acute flaccid paralysis, aseptic meningitis, and four, five, or six other diseases.
5: Uh, which all, all happen to be the, the reaction to vaccines. Am I not, is that not true? I mean, most of those things you named are, are things you can get from a reaction to a vaccine.
4: Uh, yes, definitely some of them are, uh, not necessarily all of them, but before, I mean, you, people don't realize the shenanigans that were going on, in essence. In, in the decade and a half preceding the introduction of a vaccine, if you had a neck that was sore for two days, you would be told you had polio. Literally.
5: <laughs> really? This was what, the 50s, 60s?
4: Yeah, well, no, this is uh, all the way through the 40s, uh, you know, half of the 40s and into around 55. Wow. Un- until until the vaccine came out. Uh, people just don't realize it because the CDC doesn't advertise it, and you know damn well why they don't. You know, it, 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 they'd be they'd be revealing their own misdeeds. Uh, they're misrepresentations, you know, they're, they're statistical manipulations.
5: So you're saying basically the charts we see of, of, you know, the vaccine being introduced and, and this, this vaccine mysteriously eliminated this disease, um, may not be what really happened.
4: It's absolutely not what really happened.
5: There you go. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? How they can, how they can manipulate and make, uh, everybody think that, that we've accomplished this great feat of eliminating this, this deadly, painful disease, uh, when exactly. we just change the name of what it is.
4: Yeah, their, their control over public perception is incredible. It's awesome. They they can sculpt public perception with the point of a pen, and, and they do it all behind doors that are closed to us. We have no idea what's going on. They change the definition of a disease. It completely renovates the, the way they're reported on a yearly basis, and then they can tell us, whatever they like
5: right and you know don't don't take our word on that because we don't we didn't find out brian williams has been lying for years and years and years uh... you know this hasn't just come out recently that you know the, the news may have uh, faked some some video in in Iraq at one point in time to, to get the point that they're the deadly people. They, they, the news would never lie to us about anything. They would always tell us exactly what we need to do to know to make sure we make right decisions. That's what the news is there for. But unfortunately, I think we're all learning that's not really what they do.
4: Right. The news is scripted, and it's, it's not a coincidence that all the major channels now for four decades or five decades. I'll tell you the exact same news every night using the exact same buzzwords. Yep. Maybe, maybe spouted a little differently. Before that, you know, in the forties when TV first came into being, the first and, and the uh, the major networks were developed. Uh, it wasn't like that. You had independent reporters who were actually were investigative journalists, and you could go to different channels and get a different take on the news and what was the highest priority and what wasn't. But once once the uh, uh the ownership of all these uh, uh, media networks, TV networks, radio networks, newspaper publishers came down to the hands of about five or six or seven major corporations, which is where we stand then and everything was homogenized we get the same news everywhere and they're basically all reading from the same prompter.
5: Yeah, it's amazing. You know, people, us conspiracy guys will say, oh, you know, look up Operation Mockingbird when the government controlled media and they, they, you know, they used propaganda to, to control the idea of the American people. They think we're crazy when we say that, but it, it, it's researchable. It was an operation and I don't think they ever ended it.
4: Right. Well, good point. And, know, and how how are we ever to know? You
5: know, we're not, and that's the scariest part. You know, we we us people, the people that think like us, that that go out and and try to to understand a little more, maybe reach through different channels. Uh, we're we're totally degraded and put down because we just don't listen to what the guys on the TV and their sharp suits and the women with all their makeup and their boobs hanging out. But we're not listening to them, so we, they think we're crazy.
4: Right. You know, you, you know it, it for me, it started out, at least, with my grandkids. It was kind of a, uh, at the time, it was a, a compulsion. I mean, it, it it's a rabbit hole. I mean, you start researching vaccines, and it's a rabbit hole. You're going down, and you better bring a lunch, because you're <laughs> going to spend some time.
5: Yes, uh, you are.
4: It, it just keeps, I've been doing this for six years, and I keep learning stuff uh, I never knew. Uh, the, the good part about this, Sean, is that, uh someone, uh, a homeopath, who was on my show about uh, two years ago, and, and uh, I'll mention the show, uh, more specifics, uh, specifics about it in just a little while. But uh, she was on my show, and she nonchalantly, no matter-of-factly, sometimes during the conversation said, well, yeah, disease is detox. And once again, my head spun around, and when you start to think about it, it doesn't take but a moment's sober consideration to realize exactly how correct that is. That, And then you can back it up by going to Mayo Clinic, to the National Institutes of Health, and look up fever, look up cough, look up rash, look up nausea. Those are all immune reactions, the specific purposes of which are to bring you back to wellness. The fever burns off the the, uh, infection. Mm -hmm. Nausea rids your body of whatever is in your digestive tract that is toxic. Rash is, uh, toxins coming out from internal areas, you know, from inside the body. Chills are to warm the body up so you can keep the fight going.
5: Wait, Sean, are you trying to say that the body uh you know naturally built by whatever you believe in i'm not a really religious person but you're trying to tell me that this body that we were put into that our souls that our minds were put into actually has the ability to protect itself and and develop its own immunity yes sir oh my god you got to be kidding me i could never guess that <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah and it it it's so much more capable of recovery than than i ever thought I've, I, I never gave it any thought. You know, typically you go through life and you don't stop to think about what it means when you're feeling bad, when you're sick, you know, uh, and, and to tell somebody disease is a healing process, is a curative process, at first, simply, uh, is met with, is met with rebellion. It's not the kind of thing that people can accept intuitively. And, and understandably so. I mean, when you're sick, you feel miserable.
5: No, you don't want to be sick. You don't want to have that headache. You don't want to be sweating and laying in bed. You don't want to miss work. I mean, so right. let's solve that problem. We'll just shoot you up with something that'll kill you twenty years earlier. <laughs> so yeah. you can go to work then, you know. I mean, you gotta go to work. So if you die twenty years sooner, what's the matter?
4: But but the reality is, um and and uh, Mayo Clinic would be the one I'd say first go to, I think it was Mayo Clinic, it may have been National Institutes of Health, but fever, they literally say, get this. They 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 tell you number one that fever isn't dangerous all the way up to 107 plus degrees that it it, it's not going to damage the brain and they go on to say that fever works for the body not against it Mm -hmm. emphasis theirs it it's an when you think about it Sean I mean just go over to your kitchen stove. Close your eyes and try and wish the oven to turn on. It ain't gonna, it ain't gonna work.
1: You know what's
5: funny? I was just reading this article, uh, the other day. I wish I could remember the article, uh, but it, it was talking about how, uh, a, giving Tylenol to your child when they got a fever to reduce the fever actually is counterproductive because the Tylenol will reduce the fever, but the body doesn't realize to stop the brain swelling because, the, you know, obviously fever causes different things to the body. We all know that heat expands. So your brain's going to swell a little bit when you have a fever. But apparently when you take Tylenol to knock that fever out, it doesn't stop the brain swelling, and the, the body still thinks that it's it's under that condition. And it actually has been shown to cause worse problems by doing that.
4: Um, yes, sir. Uh, and... It's interesting you mentioned that. Tylenol has been shown in several studies to be very related to autism of all things. Um, Tylenol depletes glutathione. Glutathione is what each of us produce that is detoxes heavy metals such as the mercury and aluminum that are indeed found in vaccines from our body. And it seems to be just routine now. routinely recommended by doctors and pediatricians to give Tylenol before and after vaccinations.
5: To help with the side effects.
4: Um Yeah. Yeah. They they don't want to be bothered with the details.
5: <laughs> God forbid you know the details. You might actually go, oh, wait a second, I don't want to do that. My, my son, you know, I've got three kids. I've got a 19-year-old. Who's going to give, make me my gra- uh, grandpa here in two weeks or two months, I mean, I've got a 13 year old and I've got a six year old. Um, my first two children, I wasn't highly involved with them in the very beginning as far as vaccine, vaccines and all that, but their mother was smart enough not to give them to her. Uh, our, mine and my wife's son, uh, received his first few vaccines up until about three months old when we started learning all this and decided, you know what? we we didn't like what we saw after his injections now when he gets sick which he hasn't been he hasn't had a vaccine since he was 3 months old he's now 6 years old and he hasn't been sick in over, almost 4 years not one like anything he might get a sniffle but he goes to bed and wakes up and he's fine we don't give right. him tylenol we don't you know if he gets a fever which has happened then we you know sit there lay with him we cool him down we we you know, make sure he's drinking and he deals right. with it <laughs>
4: Right. Let, let the fever do its job. It's there for a reason.
5: Right. Exactly. I agree with you 100% on that, Sean.
4: You know, and, and it's, it's stifled. Let me yeah, uh, a, a, a poignant anecdote. Um, there's one particular Facebook page, uh, that it, it, it's moms who are questioning vaccines. And it's, it's been going on now for about four years, five years. And way back three years ago, somebody, uh, one of the mothers, she posted a comment. That was enlightening, uh, and it, it, it was, uh, it was joyful as well. Her comment was ecstatic. The reason she was ecstatic is because her daughter, who had been vaccine injured three years before that, had for the first time in those three years successfully mounted a fever and she was happy as a lark. Now when you think about it, I mean that mother had spent those three years learning and she did it right, she'd come to appreciate that that the immune responses we see displayed as the symptoms of disease are a positive healing process, and you want the body to be able to react like that. You right. don't want to stifle that ability.
5: Right, because you, you, you build a stronger immune system, you build a stronger body. Uh, down the road, you'll be healthier. Uh, you won't have these these things in there that are doing damage. Uh, and that's something I want to address. You know, as we get into these things with this whole measles blow up right now, these poor parents that have been enduring damage to their children that they truly believe was caused, and I mean, I, I would agree with them, but they truly believe it was caused by a vaccine. They were the ones caring for that child prior and after the vaccine. They can see the difference, and they're even uh, uh, talked down to and made to sound like uh, crazy kooks, and they have to suffer through this.
14: Right?
4: Yeah, it's it's um it, it's cognitive dissonance is what it is. I mean, you, and and it's understandable. I mean, we have still the the great majority of people who are getting their news from the mass media, right. and they are constantly told through their through the decades of their lives that vaccines are good that they're safe and effective, and, you know, as well as I do, when people hear the word safe, they assume that means it simply can't harm, that it's not going to harm them. Uh, if, if they do realize the harm that vaccines can do, they think about it for a second because everybody is so upbeat about it and their doctors are telling them, the people they've been taught to trust, are telling them that there's no problem, and so they go ahead and do it. Uh, Little do they know that doctors in in medical school, MDs, are taught nothing substantial about the reality or the nature or the extent of vaccine damage. I've I've interviewed 14 MDs at this point, and I've asked the same question of every one of them. Were you given any information in medical school uh, about uh, the neurological disorders, the autoimmune diseases that can come from uh, as, as a result of vaccination? And uh, in one voice, they, they say no. They were given just a few hours of training in vaccines, and what they were given is exactly what you would expect, the names of the vaccines, what they're for, and the vaccine schedule. Mm-hmm. And they learn nothing about the negative side at all of vaccines. And to be clear, again, the negative side includes lupus, includes Guillaume Barret includes transverse myelitis, includes cardiac arrest, includes death, uh, includes autism, includes ADHD, includes asthma, includes allergies, includes rheumatoid arthritis.
5: Mm-hmm. It's all those uh, things. It, it's amazing. We just saw this, uh, I, I can't remember the town, but the, the young five-year-old girl had her flu shot a few weeks and then she died of cardiac arrest out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know if you saw that story or not, but, we see these reactions happening on a regular basis and, and they're covered up and said there's something else uh you got the story of, of the girl in baltimore the little infant in baltimore that got her nmr vaccine uh and it came out oh my god this girl got her vaccine and now she got the measles and then of course throughout the whole thing they come back and say, oh it's no big deal it was just a a reaction to the vaccine that she's showing signs of the measles how did this how did this outbreak start you know, they, they, they want to try to blame us crazy uh, anti-vax people for not vaccinating our children. That's why this outbreak started. Well, because you're anti-vaccine and because you don't vaccinate your child doesn't mean your child produces this virus to spread. It had exactly. to be started somewhere else.
4: Yeah, it, exactly. Well said. And uh, I, I know people in the, uh, the anti-vax community, if you will, uh, who will say, no, 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 it's the vaccinated people who are who are starting it. And, and I go, no, no, no. How can you point a finger? I mean, you take a look at Disneyland. How many thousands of people a day went to Disneyland? How in the world is anybody supposed to specify who started an, an outbreak of measles?
5: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, absolutely. I mean,
4: you know, I mean, there, there's no way to do it. And, and for all can we know...
5: For all we know, it could have been a, two, a two-year-old that just got his, uh, or his or her MMR vaccine and was shedding. I mean, for all we oh, know.
4: It, yeah, no, it definitely could be a vaccinated person. Uh But it also could be an unvaccinated person. You know? Right. Well, yeah, um, it
5: could have been somebody that came from another country who doesn't have vaccines and, and happened to be carrying the virus with them.
4: Uh, yeah, or an American. I mean, uh, one of the things in one of my notes, I forget which one now, uh, but but I looked up uh, again. I like to go to Mayo Clinic and and those sorts of, of resources because uh, because they're so well reputed. Uh, and they basically said that that pathogens are all around us. They're that that the germs are everywhere. They're they're on us. They're on our food. You never know when you're going to be exposed. You can be walking down the street if there's more than four or five people around you. How many of those people were sick the day before, mm-hmm. or uh, are developing an infection as we speak because once you are exposed to a pathogen, it takes anywhere from three days to three weeks, sometimes a lot longer than that, before the symptoms develop. So, you know, you you can infect somebody as you're getting ready to display the symptoms or in the days just after the symptoms dissipate. Ha- or somebody can be in the middle of it and they had to go to work because they couldn't afford to lose a day's pay, right. and and you're walking down the street in any crowd. You, you can be walking up and down the aisles at the grocery store. You have no idea who breathed what into the air uh, 30 seconds before. Where you know, it, It's a, it's ludicrous indeed to say the unvaccinated people are uh, responsible for spreading diseases That they're any more of a threat than vaccinated
5: well they have to find a way to make us look bad uh so that the pharmaceutical companies can can rake in the money because everybody will be afraid now to go get vaccines to touch on something you said though when you were talking about doctors and this is something i say all the time on my show is that these doctors you know what they go through a lot of schooling and, and they learn a lot of good things but when it comes down to medicines they don't learn anything about it they have pharmaceutical reps that show up at their door with lunch or dinner or snack or whatever and and come in there all dressed nice and and tell them that they need this drug uh, w- whether it be a vaccine or a drug to to take care of this and this is the only thing they should be using and this is the best product we have and just use it and, and that's all they know they don't know uh anything beyond that that's why your pharmacist is your last line of defense now we don't use I haven't been to a doctor myself in five years. Uh, my son had to go to one to get his his physical to go to elementary school, but that was the first time he had seen a doctor in three years. And he was scared. He's like, "What's going on here? What are these guys in these white coats? What do they want with me?" Because we don't use it. We don't. We we do not use it. I refuse. You know, I had people. I was. In, I I hurt a rib, and I was barely able to stand up. And I had people offering me pain pills. And I said, "No, I won't take that. I'll deal with the pain." You no. Know, the doctors don't understand that part of it, and people think I'm crazy when I say that. But I think you get that. I think you understand that.
4: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the symptoms of, of pain or the symptoms of illness or disorder are there for a reason. Uh, and sometimes they're there to let you know if you have a pain in the knee not to use the knee for a couple of days, you know, uh, assuming it's a, it's a temporary pain. It, all, all those symptoms are there for a reason. If they become unbearable, that's one thing, but but yeah, I mean I did the same thing. I have I have lower back problems. I don't. Uh, I once in a while, when they got really really badly, uh, were affecting me badly. Then yeah, I I took a couple of painkillers, but uh, it it wasn't very often. And it's been years since I've done that. But I've still got the problems. Right. You know. Well, just, if they uh, give us
5: our natural painkiller that we could use, you know, marijuana. I'm, I'm a big proponent of legalized medical and recreational marijuana. Uh, that helps out a lot. You know, it might take that edge off enough that you can get through the day. You might still be suffering a little bit, but you'll get through the day.
4: Um, yeah, yeah. I went to college. I
5: I know about marijuana. All right, Sean. Let's uh, (coughs) excuse me. Let's get uh, let let's talk about your show. Where people can find it. Um, and you and I need to talk a little more because I was going through your Facebook page and I saw all your notes. Um, I I. I think if we do what we discuss, because we might bring, you know, simulcast your show here on Raz Radio, and if we do that, I'd like to give you a section on my website to put your notes on, because that'll get out a little better, um, and I'll walk you through how to post them and stuff if that's something that you're interested in. We'll discuss that down the road, but I wanted to throw it out while I was thinking about it.
4: Uh, that's an interesting idea. Um, yeah, let me, let me tell folks about the, uh, the show. Uh, it's called The Vaccine Myth and Issue of Trust and it's on Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. Central Time, and it can be heard live on Logos, L-O-G-O-S, Um, LogosRadioNetwork.com. It's a local radio station here. The folks that run it have a website, uh, and they broadcast, of course, internationally. Um, and, And there are indeed some other local stations around the country that do pick up the signal and broadcast it locally, uh, you would pick it up too. That would that would be dynamite.
5: Yeah, I, I, so again, we'll talk about that. We'll definitely get that all together because I I got the time open there, so why not put something uh, educational and useful there? Um you, you know, yeah, so.
4: I you know I've interviewed Andy Wakefield, uh Sherry Tenpenny is is kind of a regular guest on the show. Uh Dr. Suzanne Humphreys is as well. She is a nephrologist who uh I, I have the greatest admiration in the world for her. She uh, she was a practicing nephrologist, MD, working in a hospital for 15 years when she started noticing that when the hospital vaccinated her, her kidney patients that they took a turn for the worse. Imagine that. And, and they wouldn't stop. And she started researching vaccines. And what she found uh, ultimately forced her to leave the hospital. She left the bulk of the profession behind.
5: Um, yeah, I've heard of Doctor Humphreys before. She's uh, and Doctor Ten uh, Tenpenny and Wakefield. I mean, they're all people that are. If you pay attention to this at all, uh, you've heard their names pass through, and they do some great research. They
4: do. Sean, let me throw this in. I've, I've, I've interviewed them, and I, I wanted to let you know about another good access to my archives. It's. It, there's, I have a YouTube channel. They're not videos, uh, but the youtube channel you don't have to download you can you can simply click on it uh it's called you can access it by going to vaccinemyth.org vaccinemyth.org it will take you to a a platform uh, where you can donate money to my show which i will always gratefully accept but you can also go right to the directory and i've got i've got about 135 interviews of all the doctors i named Lots of parents of vaccine-damaged kids, uh, researchers, immunologists, uh, lots of folks with lots of good, good information in those interviews.
5: Well, that sounds like a, a great thing. So that's uh, VaccineMyth.org. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, Logos Radio Network, you can search that and find it. If you're in Texas, you can probably pick it up Terrestrial. Uh, you know, Sean, I want to thank you again for joining me. We'll have to do this again, and we're going to talk some more about what we can do for you in the future.
4: Okay, man. I, I, I appreciate the opportunity. It
5: was lovely talking to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great evening. You too. Take care. I want to thank Sean. I, that was great inform, information. And, you know, it's nice to hear it from an older person, people that have lived through this. You know, just think about it, guys. We'll be back with you in a couple minutes. we got some more news to talk about. It's RazRadioLive.com. Talk to you soon.
15: We aim to remember what we choose to forget God's just a baby
1: And her diaper is wet Call the police supposed to say what am going do <laughs> <laughs> what's your name again sean razz four toad and lexi so i meant four toad
13: sure for oh. oh. dave
1: dave hey it's always great to be on the first 52 with sean razz four toad and lexi you know i don't, that sound like shit what am i give me a script here come on i can't do <laughs> this you're putting me on, under pressure bob don't worry about it here and uh dr bob dr bob yeah
12: dr bob tuscan
1: Bob Tuskin, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy Forto. Words
3: will always retain
8: their power. Words offer the means to meaning, and for those who will listen, the enunciation of truth. And the truth is, there is something terribly wrong with
7: this country. What's life worth.
15: First, worse life worse? Worse? what's life worth? what we'll comes first, first. first. Well, Yo. you should just go get some water for the man, damn. Over saying three hundred 300000 dollars debut is two grand. I got a cool million to run. Chances of them fucking with me is like two trillion to one It can't happen. Why you and your man yapping? You all about talk, my squad demand action. Stay with a rare repartee The shit that they do speak so loud, I can't hear what they say. Every day we just get a little bit more advanced. And we never go to digress Less only further the circumstance. The system is designed to get murderers. The herds advanced to put some people in positions where murder is worth the chance. Fuck a poetic license, brother when I they write into enlightenment, let them spit in to simply ravage your kitten. Expose them devils trying to demonize my mission. And vilify my philanthropic. What's life worth? no doubt it's all about the purse. Grip your pocketbook tight tonight, it's the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on first. And they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself what comes first. How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? What's life worth when you're living inside a virtual prison and information you give is essentially science fiction Juices as a robbery victim used to the sodomy system. Your future's poverty stricken, computer lottery picking. It's almost like a brand new world is getting ushered in. It's hard to tell the Republicans. from the Republicans. Or could you ever notice a difference in the beginning or was it just an illusion for you? They use a multiplication, it's not true to addition Economists don't know how to subtract is due to division Society is greed stricken, sipping red from stepping over half dead bombs to feed pigeons It's an illusion of safety and it's a hazard When the only real choices you got is favor or plastic This shit is truly terrifying When old rich men keep designing wars for young poor people to die in control of the earth Guess my friend What do you think your life really worth? Guess again Right the what do you, think? What do you think? think? Your life is really worse? what's life worth? No doubt, it's all about the purse. Grip your pocketbook tight tonight is the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst and they pushing for a peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself what comes first. How much can one do with one verse? Do you wanna get in touch with the universe? Do you wanna cause death or give birth?
9: What is <laughs> to whether or not you are in fact viable your differences with the republicans on the with the rest of the republicans on this stage has raised questions about whether or not you can actually win the general the republican nomination sir well, we've only had two little primaries so far, so it's pretty premature to decide which one is going to be the candidate. But, you know, when, when you think about it, if you measured everything I've ever said, every vote I've ever taken against the Constitution, you know, I'm a strict constitutionalist. So you're suggesting the Republicans should write me off because I'm a strict constitutionalist? I'm the most conservative member here. I have voted, you know, against more spending and wasting government than anybody else. So you're suggesting that I'm not elected and the Republicans don't want me, because I'm a strict fiscal conservative, because I believe in civil liberties? Why should we not be, be defending civil liberties? And why should we not be de- talking about foreign policy that used to be the part of the Republican Party? Mr. Republican Robert Taft didn't even want us to be a NATO, And you're saying now that we have to continue to borrow money from China to finance this empire that we can't afford? I, let me see if I get this right. We, we need to borrow 10 billion dollars from China, and then we give it to Musharraf, who's a military dictator who overthrew an elected government, and then we go to war, we lose all these lives promoting democracy in Iran. I mean, what's going on here? And you're saying and you're saying that this is a situation that I am less republican because of
14: that? The reason for my decision-
7: From, oh, I don't know where I'm from. I'm <laughs> Mike Shader from Examiner.com. You're listening to The First 52 on Raz Radio Live.
8: That's all you want to <laughs> They don't understand where I come from. I've been down, but I came
5: up. As we stroll into the last 20 minutes of The First 52 on RazRadioLive.com, I want to thank Sean Siegel again. Uh, you know, it's nice to talk to older people who've experienced some of these things that... Uh, we're just told we have to be afraid of. I hope you got something from what that gentleman said. He had some great, great information that he shared with us. He's been through it. And you know, just like him, 09 was about when I started paying attention to this. It's amazing how as you live longer, you realize things aren't quite what you want them to be or what they should be. So don't ever think you can't still learn. Because you can. You can. You can always learn. Always, always can learn. So maybe you should. The fiddling with temperature data is the biggest science scandal ever. New data shows that the vanishing of polar ice is not the result of runaway global warming. This is from The Telegraph. When future generations look back on the global warming scare of the past 30 years... Nothing will shock them more than the extent to which the official temperature records on which the entire panic ultimately rested were systematically adjusted to show the Earth as having warmed much more than actual data justified. Now, this isn't news to those of us who pay attention to this stuff. Uh, hockey stick, ring a bell, just to start, but we've been arguing the manipulation of data forever. Well, this article's from February 7, 2015. Two weeks ago, under the headline, How We Are Being Tricked by Flawed Data on Global Warming, I wrote about Paul Homewood, who, on his, I'm not going to try to say that blog's name, not a lot of people know what blog, had checked the published temperature graphs for three weather stations in Paraguay against the temperatures that had originally been recorded. In each instance, the actual trend of 60 years of data had been dramatically reversed so that a cooling trend was changed to one that showed a marked warming. This was only the latest of many examples of a practice long recognized by expert observers around the world, one that raises an even larger question mark over the entire Official Surface Temperature Records. Following my last article, Homewood checked a swath of other South American weather stations around the original three. In each case, he found the same suspicious one-way adjustment. First, these were made by the U.S. Government Global Historical Climate Network. They were then amplified by two of the main official surface records, the Goodard Institute for Space Studies, and the National Climate Data Center, which uses the warming trends to estimate temperature across the vast regions of the Earth, where no measurements are taken. Yet these are the very records on which scientists and politicians rely for their belief in global warming. Homewood has now turned his attention to the weather stations across much of the Arctic, between Canada and the heart of Siberia, Again, in nearly every case, the same one-way adjustments have been made to show warming up to one degree Celsius or more, higher than was indicated by the data that was actually recorded. This has surprised no one more than Trost Johnson, Johnson, J-O-N-S-S-O-N, who was long in charge of climate research for the Iceland Met Office. Johnson Johnson was amazed to see how the new version completely disappeared Iceland's sea ice years around 1970, when a period of extreme cooling almost devastated his country's economy. Do you see where I'm going here? Listen, climate change. Do human beings have an effect slightly on that? I would say yes. I've said this before. Of course, our actions are going to have some kind of reaction by the the climate, by the Earth. Is me driving my SUV down the road causing it? Or is the, you know, 2,000 or less, I, I don't remember the exact number, a nuclear test done all around the country causing it, or all around the world causing it? There's an interesting video on YouTube, and it's... uh. It's a historical presentation of all the nuclear t- tests done uh, from 19, I don't remember when it started, but it's just amazing to watch, and each country has its own, own color and its own tone that it makes when it's showing a, a weapon exploded, and you watch and it's like boop. And it counts down through the year and then boop You know, counts down through the year. It gets to that point where it's just so many explosions going off that it's just crazy. It's like a five minute video of just dots appearing on a screen. Could that be what's causing our weather problems? Not your SUV or you you know, the coal that's used to produce the energy going into your house? That's the things we have to think about. They try to blame it all on us. They try to blame it on the anti-vax. They try to blame it on the deniers. They try to blame it on whoever they can blame it on. But how do we not know that the actions of governments didn't cause this problem? How do we know that the geoengineering scheme that goes on above our head every day isn't causing this problem? I'm doing some research on that because there's been some new information coming out on the... uh the chemtrail story. And, and there's, there's some things in it that, you know, kind of make you go, hmm. So as I read some more articles and look some more in the research, I'll, I'll get into those things that are covered in that. But I guess the point here is, uh, as I've always said, global warming in the, in the way they present it to us and the actions that they want to take to stop it is a farce. That's all it is. Yes, human beings do damage the environment. Yes, we do. Stop littering. Stop burning plastics. Try to recycle. Yeah, they're all good things to do. I'm not going to say they're not. That's up to you, though, to be... Well, how I open the show, only you can change things. So if you feel that's an issue, then go ahead and do something about it. But don't think that you're going to force me or anybody else into paying on your scheme. If if what's going on in Iraq is such a big deal to you, or Syria, or wherever, get your happy ass on a plane, fly over there, pick up a gun, and help whatever side you think needs to be helped. Our government, our tax dollars, our young men and women... Shouldn't be the ones put in harm's way for the cabal and for the global elite. It's just not acceptable. If you think it's okay to watch our young men and women killed, dismembered, dis- dismembered, sorry, dismembered, driven crazy to where they kill themselves. If you think that's okay. then that's on you. Because it's not okay with me. I hope every single one of you out there listening to me thinks that's not okay. Because we have to make that change. Nobody's going to make it for us. Nobody's going to protect you. Nobody's going to make the world safe. Only you can do that. You know, this is something I, I wanted to bring up when when Sean was on with me, and I get a good la- laugh out of this, this from the uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin Journal Sentinel, and it's a vaccine-related, that's why I wanted to bring it up with Sean, and I wish I would have, because it, it, it really touched on a lot of what we talked about. <sighs> Come on, you got to be quicker than that, Mr. Computer. I had that timed perfectly. I wanted that to go right in for my ah uh, into the the news article. Well, of course, it's not playing. Don't know how it always works. You got to love technology that doesn't want to work when you want it to. It's like I was trying to tweet something out and I was being called I was a, sp- a spammer because I wanted to you know tweet out the buzzy ding ding ding, and that wouldn't let me tweet it because it said I was a spammer. Oh no, not a spammer. I refresh this page and see if that helps at all. Oh, uh, what we're going to get into here. Almost once eradicated, whooping cough surges back. Now, we've been hearing these whooping cough commercials. Uh, who's the singer that did one? Some some prominent singer did a, a whooping cough commercial a few, few years back. I found it amusing. I thought this was a news video, but this is uh, an actual young girl who is stuck with whooping cough. And it's a sin that this poor young girl got whooping cough. She looks, it looks horrible. It looks horrible to watch this poor young girl. Coughing like that, suffering through that issue. Heather Peterson, Peterson listened to her five-year-old daughter, daughter, Camille, and worried. She would cough and cough and cough, and then she would be gasping to take a breath, Peterson recalls. Her eyes would be watering from the coughing. The coughing wiped her out. But April 2012 was a busy time for the Milwaukee family, and it was probably just a bad cold. Camille kept going to her kindergarten class at St. Dominic Catholic School, Family held an adoption party for new younger sister and invited about 20 people. All the while, Camille could not shake her cough. It got so bad, Peterson videotaped her daughter, daughter before heading to the family doctor, just in case the child stopped coughing the moment they entered the exam room. The doctor took a swab for testing and called back a few hours. Camille had pertussis, whooping cough. She had caught the disease even though she'd been vaccinated against it. What? Wait, they just say even though she'd been vaccinated against it? And she still caught the whooping cough? Oh, you must be kidding me. What's up, Buzzy? Uh,
7: you
5: got an echo for some reason. I got an echo for some, oh, I know why. Damn it. I forgot to turn my, I forgot to turn my monitor off. <laughs>
10: So what's going on, Buzz?
7: Well, it sounds like you're on a speakerphone. But anyway, talking about our guys and gals overseas over there. Nobody wants up to die. Nobody. But my question is to you, well, first of all, I'm going to say it's the volunteer arms We're not being drafted. But my question is, what do you suggest we do about ISIS, Hamas, Al-Qaeda, and all that? Well, what do we do? I, su- you suggest?
5: I suggest we stop funding them, training them, and creating them. That's what I suggest. I
10: mean, Can we we wouldn't have them. Okay,
7: I'm, I'm not going to argue about it. We, maybe we, did creative, but we did, but we did. They've been
5: there for well, forever. Well, they haven't been there forever, Buzz. I mean, remember, Hamas, you know, just to bring that, just to touch that one, uh Hamas well, was I created. Mean, by, that, uh, that, wait, that, wait, 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 wait. Let me answer. Hamas was created by Israel to help fight against uh, the PLO. Mm-hmm. So they created their own enemy. Uh, now, is not every one
7: of them groups uh,
5: Islam? Well, yes. Every one of them groups is Islam, Buzzy. You know, I tweeted out something. I either Facebooked it or tweeted it. Uh, I'll have to go on my Twitter real fast see if I can find it. Cause it I, I didn't tag you in it. I guess maybe I should have tagged you in it, uh, although I didn't feel like fighting with you today, so that might have been why I didn't tag you in it. Uh, it goes like this. Alright, it says, ever wonder why? A Jew can throw, can grow his beard to practice his faith with no problem. But when a Muslim does it, does the same, he is labeled an extremist. A nun can cover herself from head to toe to devote herself to God. But when a Muslim does it, the same, she is considered oppressed. When a person defends his land, he is labeled as a hero. But when a Muslim defends his land, he is labeled a terrorist.
7: Maybe so. The point I'm getting at, though. The Muslims have been... Okay, we... I'm not going to argue the part <laughs> where we didn't create certain uh, facets, certain groups. We didn't fund certain groups to do well, you whatever. Can't, you
5: can't argue that because we, we did do we, it.
7: We, we created a monster, so to speak. Right. But, well, not only us, the world has.
5: Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. That
7: monster that was a, a little monster to begin with, the it, Muslims have been wanting to kill the Jews and Christians the stone age, so to speak.
5: Why why when everything was going on in Egypt, all right? Uh when the whole uh uh, uh
7: Egypt is not our
5: friend. What was no not Egypt. I'm, i I was mistaken when I said. Hold on, I gotta get my head together here. Um where was that overthrow? We threw uh al Qaddafi out. All right. Uh what country is that? What country uh the the
7: the I, was, uh, uh, was, uh yeah.
5: Northern Africa. I can't I can't think of the country right now. But you know, after he was killed, uh the Muslims were running around or the, you know the, the the people we were supporting were running around killing all the Christians as as things moved on. They were throwing them off building roofs. Nobody talked about that then.
7: We should not have taken Qaddafi out, in my belief. He not, was not Muslim. We, we shouldn't should have not taken, taken.
5: We shouldn't have we taken.
7: Should not, uh, go we ahead. should not have. Let me finish, We should not have taken uh, Hussein out. He was not Muslim. He was. They were both dictators, but they were keeping the Muslims uh, happy, down, so to speak.
5: Right. Well, not down. They were keeping them happy. They were working with them. They, they were. They were they, being. They
7: were, they
5: was keeping them in line, is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, don't, don't forget. Don't forget, Buzzy. The two people we just talked about, Gaddafi and, uh, and, uh, uh, Hussein, Saddam Hussein, they were both put in power by the U.S. government. Oh, I don't doubt that. One put, put in power for a specific reason. To quell that area, keep that area in line till they didn't need that quelled anymore and they needed it to blow up. So what they do? They got rid of Saddam Hussein, which there was no uh, I- Iraqis on the planes on 9 eleven so why'd we go to Iraq right?
7: Well, I'm getting that okay, that's past history So we fucked up whatever we stuck our nose where it didn't belong somewhat, but now it's all out of control well,
14: completely
7: I, it, out of control. do you remember now to take they're trying to take over the world
5: did you, do you well I get that I understand where you're coming from. Do, do, have you ever seen the pictures of Iran in the 40s and 50s prior to the revolution that we sparked and helped happen, where yeah. where, where the women are in bikinis, posing on the front of cars in advertisements, uh, where the city streets are beautiful and everybody's happy, and then we go in, we cause a revolution, we throw out the de- democratically elected people, and we instill a government that allows the things that they want.
7: Yes, but it wasn't only us. It was the rest of the world, so-called free world, that that also sector knows that.
5: Well, that's, that's what, what I'm getting.
7: At, we're okay? good at that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. What what we did was wrong, so so to speak. But now, like I said, they're out of control. They're trying to take over the world. Now, the, the so-called free world needs to nip it in the bud and eliminate them.
5: Let me ask you this question, Buzzy. We we agree that that. In the '40s and '50s, we did some really effed up things over there, right? Can we agree on that? Us and the and the free world did that. Did did some things that really just uh, wasn't I really very good.
7: Know what happened there in the '40s and '50s? To be
5: honest with you. Well, look up the Iranian Revolution. Look at look up all that stuff that went on, and then question after you read the history of that region before the dictators and before the people that the Western governments instilled in there. Look at how they were going, and then ask yourself. Why wouldn't they be angry? Why wouldn't they want to kill everybody that came into their world? Imagine this, Buzzy. Imagine here in America, we're living peacefully, we're not doing anything, we're not invading countries, they were, we're, we're not, not based in... We're in, in we're not, they, they were,
7: were wait, wait. living peacefully, so to speak. They were, so to speak, but no, they're not.
5: Well, they no, were then, uh, they were then, all right? So, So, but we're living... Wait wait, 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 hear me out for a second. We're living peacefully here in America... And, uh, all of a sudden, uh, something major happens in Iran, let's say, okay? A, a plane flies into a building in Iran, and everybody in Iran says it was the, the people of the U.S. that did it. And they came over here, and they just started bombing us, and killing our civilians, and, and indiscreetly, just don't even care who they kill, they just bomb it all, and, oh, well, it's collateral damage. How pissed off would you be? Would you be ready to kill every, well, you're already to kill ready to kill every Arab, Arab you see, but at that point in time, would you be ready to kill every Arab you saw? Well, naturally. Okay. So, so, uh, considering that's what happened to them, wouldn't, don't you think that they would be ready to kill every Westerner or anybody who believed in Western governments because they of what they've to been kill put us through? Anyway. But They didn't want to kill us before that.
7: Oh, they, to kill us they
5: didn't want to kill us before that though is what I'm saying.
7: Oh, yes it is. The Muslims did. Yes it is. did. Islam did. Wow. Well, they just didn't have they just didn't have the money or the funding.
5: Oh, so we went in and funded I, I them and gave them the weapons and money yes, so they now, could go do it.
7: Yes, 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 you're right. And then our stupid ass government, liberal bastards, like John McCain says he's a Republican which he is not. He's a uh, I don't want to get into him. But
5: yeah,
7: <laughs> but they're the idiots just punish them so they get richer
5: so we're not too far off Buzzy uh, honestly if you no, think about it we're not no, too we're far not. off we're not. <laughs> it, no we're not it really falls right in there Uh listen it's after <laughs> 7 I'm going to wrap it up brother but I appreciate your phone call and you know you, you know I love you and I just like to fuck with you Buzzy
7: yes I know too but one final well, word uh you have to kill Islam you have to Sharia law is inhuman for that simple fact have
5: a nice day. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. And of course, we got to get the uh, words from the great buzzard. And I think, I think if we could all, if we could all just realize that a lot of these problems, and this is both sides, this is our side, this is their side. If we all just realize that we aren't the ones that are the problems, we're just human beings trying to live our lives, go through our days. We don't want to see any of our friends or family killed, ever. Nobody does. No human being wants to. So here's an idea. How do we stop killing people? I want to thank you guys for listening to the First 52 on the Tuesday edition on RazRadioLive.com. We'll talk to you next week.
12: Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet, loss, a loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced. To love or to hate, I don't know what to do, we're all lost in confused. Get through in this world Always trying to prove That we're worth What it takes But it takes a long time In the dirt to see grace What I'm trying to be real They tend to be fake What I'm risking it all With no time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place of the unknown, please don't go, and I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home, well, right from day one I've been in this alone With arms stacked against I've been drowning in stress They said can you take more I said give me what's left An old man once told me Allie don't ever love back Keep your eyes on that prize And give them hell to your death This is a test Just a frequency check For intelligent life Now it's time to connect It's an West. The death has been sent So now we just wait And hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us from the moon We'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided Through the beautiful, asylum silent With the light shone from a passing UFO Lost in the glow the other only...
1: Everybody, this is Lawrence Ross from the Lawrence Ross Waterhead Show on Raz Heard every Friday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. If they
2: went on strike, it would be a month before anybody
3: fucking knew about
1: it. We ask that you please visit tspring.com. That's t e e spring.com forward slash L R W S and buy one of our t shirts. Ah! It's only $20. $20. I wanted a
4: peanut. And
1: best of all, it's Phil Hendry approved. This is from a guy named Lawrence. Lawrence, you're a good kid. Lawrence is a nice kid. He don't have no eyes. So act now, ladies and gentlemen, because you only have until March 3rd to take advantage of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Shut up and take my money. Remember, that's teespring.com, T-E-E, spring.com, forward slash L-R-W-S, Live.com. The simple power of truth.
3: Love you guys so much. Thanks.
1: First 52's the bump diggity.
3: to the land where MC's the train, where the temperature's high, so am I, and so are the shorts of the girls who walk. Top is hot with no shade at all, reminiscent of the summers that came before, where the hustle's strong or you won't survive, graffiti tells the story of a million lives through the sounds of cement, the concrete's alive, where the ponds are formed, the rats run and hide, dramas like a cartoon that comes to life, where the express bus runs twice a night, to the stadium that's packed every Monday night, to the yellow cab driver that helped make your flight, where you can get what you want if the price is right, and screaming fuck use another way to be polite.
14: In the city where my art's still alive Seems ten years behind But everyone knows it's fly This is a city where nothing goes to plan, And when they roll another blunt They're using century Sam's This is the home of the true multicultural Women looking fly Men swarming like some vultures We affected by a million different cultures Crafted in the sound Just like it was a sculpture Taste a damn poor thing Somewhere we have to live life From the east to the west We down to take flight Hit the boardwalk Filled up at Queens key, Heading to the island Coming back around at three Cherry beach Sunbathing volleyball Every Saturday This always seems to be the call Just a few perks When you're in my zone This is where I'm at And this is where I'm calling home